welcome to the Sell My Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Feldberg. This podcast is brought to you by Deep Wealth and the 90-Day Deep Wealth Experience. Your liquidity event is the largest and most important financial transaction of your life. But unfortunately, up to 90% of liquidity events fail. Think about all that time, money, and effort wasted. Of the quote-unquote successful liquidity events, most business owners leave anywhere from 50% to over 100% of their deal value in the buyer's pocket and don't even know it. I should know. I said no to a seven-figure offer and yes to mastering the art and science of a liquidity event. Two years later, I said yes to a different buyer with a nine-figure offer. Are you thinking about an exit or liquidity event? If you believe that you either don't have the time or you'll prepare closer to your liquidity event, think again. Don't become a statistic and make the fatal mistake of believing that the skills that built your business are the same ones for your liquidity event. After all, how can you master something you've never done before? Let the 90-day Deep Wealth Experience and our 9-step Roadmap of Preparation help you capture the maximum value for your liquidity event. At the end of this episode, take a moment to hear from business owners just like you who went through the Deep Wealth Experience. Charles J. Reed is a certified public accountant, U.S. Tax Court Practitioner, member of Internal Revenue Service Advisory Council, and the founder of Get Payroll. Mr. Reed's companies have provided full-service payroll services, payroll tax services, and other payroll-related services since 1991. Charles is an accomplished senior executive and entrepreneur with more than 50 years of financial leadership experience in a broad range of industries and the author of four books, with the most recent one being The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Businesses and Startups. Welcome to the Sell My Business Podcast, and as always, so excited to have you with us. Today, we have a fascinating guest, and for all you business owners out there, I'm sure you know a thing or two about payroll, or do you? Well, today, you're going to walk away with a whole lot more than you ever could have imagined, but most importantly, we're going to get into a deep dive on how to make your life easier how to save you time, and how to keep your employees happy. After all, isn't that what it's all about? And employees that are happy, it's just a positive feedback loop. You have happy customers, happy employees, and you have a thriving and profitable business. But let's put that off to the side and let's get to the main attraction here. Charles, welcome to the Sell My Business Podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you with us. And Charles, there's always a story behind the story. What's your story? What got you to where you are today? Jeffrey, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I grew up in a family business. From my memories, my father had his own business. My mother worked with him. And I'll touch on that later. After high school, I wasn't ready for college, went in the service for four years, got out. My service experience was not valued by businesses. Then, as it is today, they don't understand what service brings to the table, military service. So I went to college, got my BBA, my MBA, sat for and passed my CPA exam while I was still in graduate school, and went to work for Texas Instruments. And I worked in the corporate world, small and large corporations, for roughly 15 years and realized I was never going to run a major corporation. I didn't have the political skills. 
I was unwilling to stab people in the back and toss them off the ladder. So if I was going to run a business and I wanted to, I didn't want to work for everybody, I was going to have to start my own. So at the age of 43, Ruth and I, my wife, started our own business and went into business together. My parents worked together, so I thought it was a natural act. And actually working with your spouse is an unnatural act. But we got through that. And so that was just over 30 years ago and still in business. Ruth has passed about seven years ago, but I'm still here and kicking and growing the business and having fun. Well, Charles, firstly, and I don't think this is said enough, thank you for your service. All of us are able to do what we do because of individuals like yourself who make that sacrifice. And so thank you for that. And while we're on the personal side, I'm very sorry to hear about the passing of Ruth. She sounds like she's both an incredible partner and, and also business partner, a partner in life and business partner. The biggest question she got in her married life was why she married an a like me. <laughs> but it worked for us. And with Ruth, as long as I was married, I could never be ruthless. So it worked for me. That's wonderful. I love hearing that. So Charles, you have an interesting background. And I know if we took all the degrees after your name, all those letters, it's an alphabet in and of itself. So What's going wrong with most business owners who are out there, and, and they may not even have a clue that something's going wrong, but it really is. What are you seeing out there where you're really making a difference and helping to solve some problems? Well, first of all, I have been a critic of American business management for my entire life. I think most of it's terrible. However, there's a lot of people out there trying and trying hard, but in my industry, because of my industry, people don't know what they don't no. And payroll is a very complex set of law. If all you had to do was, okay, $10 an hour, 40 hours, $400, here you go, go home. Simple, easy, no problem. It's a lot more complicated than that. And that's where people get into trouble. And the analogy I use is when I grew up, Pele was the world's best soccer player, wonderful athlete, maybe the best soccer player of all time. But if you'd put him in a New York Yankees uniform and stick him at second base, he would be totally lost. He doesn't understand the equipment, the plays, throwing a ball with his hands. I mean, you know, it'd just be an incredible learning experience, but he'd still be a great athlete. So a manufacturer, a doctor, a lawyer, a chef, a mechanic, they're good at what they do. They make a living. They take care of their clients. They do their business. They're successful. But when you say, okay, now go deal with the Internal Revenue Service. They're lost because it's not their thing. We all outsource certain things. I don't make my own clothes. I don't build my own cars. I don't even mow my own lawn anymore. It's work. So I outsource those things. So payroll is one of those things that businesses should outsource, just like they should outsource legal and insurance and banking, because it's not their thing. And they don't know what they don't know, and they need an expert. So payroll is one of those things that you should, as a business person, outsource. And that's us. We take all those complexities. We understand them. I get several emails from the Internal Revenue Service newsletters every week. I go to conferences. I read the trades. I study the law. I'm a U.S. tax court practitioner, which means I can represent my clients in U.S. tax court, even though I'm not an attorney. I have a U.S. tax court bar card. I'm an expert. So if there's a problem, I probably know the answer. And if I don't, I know how to fix it. I know how to find the answer. I know how to take care of things. 
IRS in 2019 issued $13 billion in employment tax penalties, which were mistakes. And they abated several billion of them. And there were several billion more that should have been abated. The IRS will penalize you for their mistakes. And if you don't know how to fix it, you don't know how to fight the IRS. The only other thing you can do is pay it. And Charles, I know we're going to spend a lot of time on this, but I want to throw a question out there that I'm sure some listeners are thinking, and we'll give them the information to have them think otherwise. But I'm sure there's a business owner out there who's saying, Charles, I'm sure you're a terrific guy and you have a nice story in the business. Congratulations. But listen, I have John as my bookkeeper or Jane as my bookkeeper. They've been doing it for years. They, they know what to do. I haven't really had any issues and I don't really want to spend any more money. I'm spending, I feel, what enough, enough money as it is to do this. Why would I want to take it outside? Well, two things. First of all, do you have other things for Jane or John to do? Or do they have just time on their hands and not doing anything? Either one of those is a mistake. Second of all, they're not professionals at it. They don't do it all the time. I do it all the time. My staff does it all the time. We're professionals at payroll. We don't do your accounting. We don't do your invoicing. We don't do your HR. We don't do a lot of things that Jane or John may do for you. We do payroll. Do it very effectively. We have very expensive software. We have very expensive equipment. We have very well-trained and people who are trained constantly on the law and what goes on in payroll. So John or Jane may be great at what they do, but they're not experts. And the other thing, and here's our real unique selling proposition, is when the IRS makes a mistake and sends that letter, does your bookkeeper know what to do? Do they really understand the systems? Can they prosecute that case for you? Do they know how to appeal it and appeal it? We're payroll insurance. You have insurance on the business. You probably have insurance on John or Jane if they steal from you. Okay? So we're payroll insurance. We make sure that it goes right and problems get solved. All the deposits are made on time. And I can't tell you as a CPA how many times I've seen the bookkeeper steal the tax funds from the business and maybe get away with it, maybe end up in jail, but it happens all the time. Let's talk about that because you're talking about fraud and theft, and let's put that more in a general category. Just the other day, it seems like I'm having a conversation either with a client or friends that are in business. Jeffrey, you're not going to believe what happened. Somebody somehow got a hold of my checks. And next thing I know, all these checks are coming out of my bank account. That's one example of a fraud. You're sharing another where the internal employee maybe is stealing from you. So how does Get Payroll protect me as a business owner from those kinds of situations? Well, first of all, everything is confidential. We send you the reports, preferably electronic. They're on your computer and you have them passworded. So nobody else sees them to start with. The money we draft from your account, we then pay all your employees out of our account. So if there's any check fraud, it's our risk. And we're very staunch with our bank on protections in place. Every check we write for a client, we send that information to the bank. And if the check comes in and doesn't match that or isn't in the file, the bank doesn't cash it. The bank calls us and we either approve it or not. It's called positive pay. We have debit blocks on our account where nobody can draft our accounts. 
We just don't allow it. If people say, well, for our vendors, we need to draft your bank account. No, you can hit my credit card, but you cannot draft my bank account because we have absolute debit blocks because we have our clients' money in there. And it's sometimes millions of dollars. And we're very cautious about that. And so is our banks. So we're experts at this, preventing fraud and helping you prevent fraud. Because if your checks are out there, there's a check fraud artist who's going to take that. And it's real easy for him to make up checks, copy the signature and start passing them all over town. Now, it may not hit your funds in the end. Your bank may reimburse you and so on, but it's going to cause you huge amounts of misery. We see it all the time. Check fraud is a huge crime in this country. Then we also do a lot of direct deposit. And we like that for our clients. It goes right into your employee's bank account. They don't have to go, hey, boss, I need to go to the bank to cash my check and are gone for three hours because the line was too long. None of that happens. In an emergency, we're not there. We're someplace else. We have backup and redundant systems. And we can pay your people at their bank no matter what happens. So it's there and you don't have to worry about trying to get checks to somebody in the disaster zone. It's sitting in their bank. If their bank opens, their ATM is open, they're paid. So there's a lot of advantages to using an outside system. The, the expertise, the systems, the people, the fraud protection, the state of the art, and knowing the law. So when you have a question about the new change in the internal revenue regulations concerning independent contractors, is your bookkeeper up to speed on those? Probably not. I am for my people. That's fabulous. And truth be told, Charles, you had me at payroll insurance. <laughs> so those two words, I said, okay, done. And, and for all of our business owners out there, particularly with Deep Wealth, our wheelhouse, our liquidity events and preparation, let's think of this for a moment as though we're a future buyer and we're looking at your company. All future buyers, what do they want to do? They want to minimize risk. And so when they're looking at your company and they see that you're with a professional outfit, like get payroll, okay, the fraud risk goes down. Internal theft is going down and out of compliance is going down and you have this payroll insurance. I mean, to me, those are all check boxes where they need to be checked and that's looking really terrific. But let's talk about something else, Charles. We've been talking about the negative, but there's also some positive out there as well. And you're protecting us from the negative but it sounds like with Get Payroll, I'm also going to get some positive kinds of things coming my way because there's all kinds of tax credits and most business owners and the people that are doing payroll for them, I suspect, probably don't know about that. So what's going on with tax credits and how do you help with that? You're right. There's lots of them and they change and there's new ones. A couple of years ago, 45S came in and I've been pushing that and finally getting a lot of my clients to understand it and to move to it because we send out information on everything new to our clients and say, if you want to do this, you want to do that, here's what you can do. Here's how you can save. We're very proactive with our clients because we want them to be informed. 45S allows you to get a tax credit if you pay for time off. It's that simple. If you record time off appropriately, and if it would be time off for what would normally be considered family medical leave, FMLA, but you're not subject to that because you're under 50, you can still get a tax credit for up to 25% of the amount you pay for time off if you structure it properly. It's just free money. I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing with that. And speaking of free money, and maybe not in necessarily the best way of what's gone out there, 
Talk to us about the pandemic and what's been happening with that. Has that changed your role in payroll and what should we know about that? Well, obviously, there are a lot of programs that we help shepherd our clients through. The PPP, where employees could defer employment taxes for a period of time and other loans and the whole thing currently about guaranteed income and and payments for employees. And some of our clients got hundreds of thousands of dollars of credits, some of our restaurants, because they were able to take advantage of that under the CARES Act. So these are all things we talk to all of our clients about. And they've pretty much petered out now. But it was fun for a couple of years there. A lot of new things, a lot of changes. The PPP, when it came in, the rules basically changed every day for about 60 days. Every day, there were new pronouncements from the SBA and the IRS. The Congress didn't properly schedule it, properly paper it. And the IRS said, well, it's income. You know, the Congress said, well, no, it's not. And the IRS said, okay, we won't make it an income, but the things you pay with it aren't deductible. (laughs) So Congress had to go back and rewrite it. So it became free money, which was fine. So that's the kind of thing, if you're not in the business and you're not keeping up with that and you don't have the contacts to talk to, if I need help, I have numerous people at the IRS I can call because I know them. I spent three years on the IRS Advisory Council. I was up in DC five times a year meeting with these people. So all these things are good for me to be able to help my clients and help them be successful and take advantage of programs and credits and changes that's not in the mainstream media. You'll probably never hear about it unless you're in the business. What a difference that you can make. And the whole thing, Charles, in terms of your insights, your expertise, your breadth of knowledge, I'm wondering, how does that parlay into the world of mergers and acquisitions? So when it comes to some kind of liquidity event, maybe you're buying a company, maybe you're being acquired... (laughs) Payroll for most business owners, when it comes to M&A, is probably, for honest about it, and no offense, Charles, it's probably not even on their radar. It's not even on the list. Now, I'm sure you have a whole other side of things to share with us, and I'd love to hear that. So what should we be thinking about? Acquisitions, M&A, liquidity events, payroll, what's going on there? Client that bought up another medical practice two years ago, and we are still fighting the payroll fallout from that because they didn't pay attention. And the old guy was painted and the new people were paying it and double payments, double tax filings, and all that has to be redone. And we're still not done. We're getting close. It's taken more than two years. And they're buying another practice. And this time they came to us and said, what do we need to do about payroll? (laughs) My fees have been substantial. (laughs) <laughs> I can only imagine. So what was going on with that? How do you protect companies in this kind of situation? You sit down with them and preferably early on and say, okay, how are you going to structure the merger or the acquisition? I don't really care how you do it, but how you do it determines how the payroll gets cut off, who pays what, who reports what, so on and so forth. If it's a true merger and it's coming in under your FEIN, then it's just a merger and we need all that data. So at the end of the year, we can report properly for everybody that's merged in. If it's an acquisition of assets, then you need a specific cutoff where they stop and you pick up the people that you acquire, come in under your FEIN and under your state number separately, start their limits all over again. So 
yeah, between the two companies, you may pay some extra taxes, but that's the way you chose to be acquired. So that's just life. But it's when they don't know what they don't know and they don't ask the questions, then they have a tendency not to do things correctly. If they'll just sit down with us early on, we'll walk them through the steps in relation to payroll, payroll reporting, payroll tax depositing, paying their employees, dealing with the states, all these things in all the employment tax areas. It doesn't matter how you want to acquire it. You just need to let us know so we can tell you (laughs) what you need to do in relation to all the payroll-related items. It's again, it's not knowing what you don't know. And if you don't ask, we can't tell you if we don't know you've done it. If we find out later, and that's what would happen with this client, it was several months later, we found out what they'd done and they'd already screwed it up. And for all you business owners out there, I hope you're paying really good attention. And we talk about this in the nine-step roadmap here at Deep Wealth. And we look to step number six, which is the advisory team. And for most business owners, when they're thinking about liquidity event, Charles, you'll have, okay, I need an investment banker check done. I need to have an M&A lawyer. Okay, got that done. However, you need a payroll advisor, a trusted payroll advisor. And I would even suggest that before you start a liquidity event, you have a trusted payroll advisor to give you some insights, just like a tax advisor would. Hey, Jeffrey, you're having a liquidity event based on how your business is structured. The sales should be structured this way. Charles, I would imagine that you and the team are coming in. Hey, you're having a liquidity event based on what's going on. Here's what you want to ask for in the deal. Here's what you want to see in the letter of intent. And it all comes back to the preparation. Better prepared you are, the better off you are. And here's some things to look at for due diligence, because you need to make sure that if you're acquiring somebody, all those taxes have been filed and paid properly. Because if you acquire them as a merger, you're acquiring those liabilities. And if you don't know what those are, you write that check, they disappear. And all of a sudden you find out there's employment tax problems that you didn't realize were there. You may find yourself on the hook for huge problems. So yeah, you need to talk to us so we can advise you and give you the due diligence items to check out or help you check them out. We know how to do that, as well as help you structure the procedures within the deal. I'm not going to tell you whether you should be a merger or an acquisition or how you want to do that liquidity event. That's a business decision. But I will tell you all the ancillary things that you need to know in making that decision. In regards to payroll, I'm not an M&A specialist. I don't do that. In payroll and payroll-related items, we need to talk. Well, certainly words to the wise. And I want to get to your book. But before we get to your book, there are some business owners out there thinking, okay, you know, I came into this podcast thinking I can do it myself. Charles, you have me at the payroll insurance. You have me here. You have me there. I'm liking what I'm hearing. There's always the but. It's going to take too long to transfer everything over, or it's going to be too expensive, or it's going to be too complicated. So Charles, what's involved when a business contacts you and says, yes, get payroll, sign me up, let's get this going. How does that work exactly? Send out a file invite with a number of things, a contract, a power of attorney, and some instructions on the information we need. You get us that, we do all the setup, and we're normally ready in 10 days or less. We understand that change is difficult and it is stressing. So we've worked very hard over the last 30 years to make it as simple 
and as easy as possible to let us take over your payroll needs. We'll also train your people who are doing the entry. We will work with your bank if need be. We will do most of the work. You'll just need to give us the numbers. We'll set up the systems. We'll train your entry people how they enter payroll. And then we're always available. If there's a problem, we'll walk whoever's doing it through the first payroll and we will structure it so it's as simple and easy as possible. That's really one of our goals. Some of our competitors make it very difficult to switch from them and do it deliberately. We don't. And that's another thing. If you decide for whatever reason, you're going to leave our services. Okay, we'll make it as easy as possible because we get a lot of clients that come back to us and say, your competitor lied to us. They're not easy to work with. They screwed things up, whatever. Can you take us back? And we always will. So we understand things change. People change. We're nice people. (laughs) You know, like our clients to be happy, whether they're with us or not with us, we never burn a bridge and we want to make their life as easy as possible. We're the specialists. We're the experts. We shouldn't make it difficult. And we try very hard not to. What a terrific attitude. And let's now parlay this into your book. So you put together a book and at first glance, some people may ask, what the heck, a book that's nearly 300 pages, what's going on with that? But it's called The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Businesses and Startups. So what's going on with the book? What's there? What should we know about that? Why would we want to be reading that? As I've been in payroll for 30 years, there's very few reference guides. The biggest one is designed to train people to pass the payroll certifications for FPC and CPP, Certified Payroll Processor. The APA, the American Payroll Association, has those. And their book is about $600. And it's harder to read than mine. So I put together what I thought was a reasonable guide for small businesses and startups. This has all the basics. It's not designed for IBM or General Motors, okay, or international. It's designed for the employer with under 50 employees in the U.S. That's where the book's designed. If you're in England, and I got one comment on my website, on my reviews with a one star saying, because it didn't handle English payroll, it's not designed to, it's designed to handle U.S. payroll. So we go through all the things in, you know, chapter one is business entity. The business entity you choose as a startup determines how you're going to do payroll. So it's important that you know what the variations are. And then we go through all the things about who's an employee, who's not, statutory employees, deductions, taxes, pay periods, payroll, pay works, work weeks, all these things that you never think about when you draw a paycheck. But somebody back in their HR department or their accounting department designed all these things at one point in time and oversees them. Then we go through just running a payroll. What does it take? How do you calculate overtime, blended overtime, Chinese overtime, all kinds of other miscellaneous things from getting from gross pay to net pay and everything in between, all the deductions and taxes. And then additional essential things that aren't pure payroll, but are related. Record keeping, all the bureaus and departments that you have to keep records for and what you have to keep and how long, your workers' comp, internal controls, citizens abroad, aliens, legal and illegal, other things like PEOs and it's cheat and so on. So you've got a a reference manual that you can keep. And if you've got a question, answer's probably there. If not, my number's in the book, call me. And it serves one other purpose. It's a cure for insomnia. 
Just keep it on your nightstand. <laughs> Multi-purpose, always adding that value. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a lot of horror stories in there that to show you, if you do this wrong, this is what can happen. I love that. And I know, Charles, you were mentioning offline in regards to the book that, and we'll put this all in the show notes, that you have a very special offer for our listeners, which I think is terrific and generous. So what's going on with the special offer? Well, Jeffrey, for your listeners, if they would like a copy of the book, the payroll book, a guide for small businesses and startups, if they will go to the website, thepayrollbook.com, enter their information in the discount code podcast, we will send them a free book. No shipping, no handling, no nothing. We'll send them a free book. Doesn't get any better. It's free all the way around, but it's not only free, it's giving you the insights and the knowledge and the education, how you're going to protect yourself, how you're going to maximize your efficiencies, how you're just going to get from here to there in the smoothest way possible, which is really terrific and tremendously generous of you, Charles. I've got a stack here in the next room. And as long as they're there, I will send you one. When they're gone, they're gone. So get on the payrollbook.com and order it. and We'll get you one today, next week. Hopefully they're gone next week. <laughs> <laughs> and for listeners, again, we'll make that easy for you. That'll be in the show notes. It'll be a point and click. We'll have all the information there for you. And Charles, I'm wondering, as we look big picture wise, so let's do a 50,000 foot in the air overview. And you look at typical businesses that aren't working with Get Payroll. Maybe they're doing it on their own. Maybe... They're having another outsourced provider that's helping them. What would be some of the biggest areas of concern that you would just share with them? Perhaps we haven't talked about because you said something interesting. You don't know what you don't know. How can you master something you've never done before? So what should they know? Well, that's what the book is for, to teach them what they should know. And if they're dealing with a competitor, you need to ask that competitor if they have a CPA you can talk to, a professional. And most of them won't have. And if they do have one, they probably don't have a U.S. tax court practitioner. You may never need them, but if you need them, if they don't have one, it's going to cost you $5,000 with a tax attorney just as a retainer. And we throw that service in free. So if you're dealing with a competitor, you need to check on their professionalism. I did a trick one time. I called ADP and asked for the president. And the girl at the phone said, president of what? And I said, the president of the company? She said, what company? I said, ADP. And she said, oh, he doesn't have a phone. You can't talk to the president of ADP if you're a client. He won't take your phone call. If you're dealing with Get Payroll and Chris or, or Christy or the other Chris or who's ever in operations can't answer your question, you ask for Charles and he'll transfer you over to me. Terrific. If you're doing it yourself, get and read the book because you don't know what you don't know and you're going to run into problems. And when the IRS screws up and makes a mistake, you won't know how to solve it. And I'm going to give your listeners one huge tip right now. The IRS cannot penalize you for a simple mistake. They can only penalize you for gross negligence. Now, the trick is who defines gross negligence. The IRS wants to, but the courts do in the end. So you have to fight the IRS and if necessary, go to tax court to get that simple mistake recognized and all the penalties reversed but they cannot penalize you for that. They will, but legally they can't, but you've got to fight it. Wow. What an insight. And that in and of itself was worth the price of admission. Charles, I got to go back. You had me at payroll insurance, but you also had me when you mentioned, and it's part of your title, you are a U.S. tax court practitioner. 
you built that into the service. Hopefully, you never have to use that as a client with you. But if a client gets some kind of allegation from the IRS, there's an issue that's upcoming, it's a phone call away, it's saving time, it's saving money, and you know exactly what you're doing. And to me, if that's not peace of mind, I don't know what is. We use it more often than I'd like, and we have yet to lose a case. I promise you at some point in time, we'll lose, okay? It's going to happen. But at the moment, our record's perfect. We don't take it to court if it's silly. And 95% of all U.S. tax court cases get settled before court, 95%. So if you have a problem, even if you caused it, U.S. tax court will probably get you a favorable settlement. And the cost for going to tax court is $60. That's the cost of filing a petition. And our services as a tax court practitioner are built in. Doesn't get any better. I absolutely love that. Charles, we're at the point in the episode where we transition now, and I get to ask one of my favorite questions as we start to wrap things up here. And the question for you is this. When you think of the movie Back to the Future, you have that magical DeLorean car that really, it can take you back to any point in time. So Charles, imagine now the DeLorean car, it's there, you're looking out your window, the door is open, it's waiting for you to hop on in. You go in and you're going to go back to Charles at any point in time in your life. Maybe it's Charles as a child, a teenager, a young adult, whatever point in time it would be. What would you be telling your younger self in terms of life wisdom, lessons learned, or Charles, do this or don't do that? What would that look like for you? Save money and invest it. <laughs> <laughs> if I had invested a fraction of the money I've wasted, I'd be a very rich man today. <laughs> <laughs> Good practical advice. I love that. Compound interest, it's a fabulous thing and use it. At my age, it's not much use anymore, but at 18, it would have been wonderful. I taught high school for five years before Ruth had her first stroke. I taught first period every day before I came to the office. And I taught introduction to business. And I had one young lady and there she worked at the local McDonald's. And I said, if you lost $10 out of your paycheck every week, would it make any difference? And she said, no. And I said, okay, let me show you what to do. You put in a bank, in a savings account. When it gets up to $1,000, you call a broker and you invest in a mutual fund. And as it grows, you diversify. And when you get to be 65, if you'll put away that $10 every week, starting now at 16, you'll be rich. And she was absolutely flabbergasted as we went through the numbers as a class exercise. I saw her a couple of years later and asked her if she'd done that. And she said, no. Nah. <laughs> sure. When she's 65, she'll kick her 16-year-old self for not doing that. Well, that's absolutely terrific advice. And Charles, again, I'm going to put this in the show notes. For any listeners that would like to get in touch with you online, what would be the best place? Getpayroll.com. My email is cjr at getpayroll. If you want to look at some of our articles and blogs and video, and we have some fun ones out there. We have the Payroll Father, which is a Godfather parody. YouTube.com forward slash Get Payroll works. And you can look at all our videos on YouTube. I love it. And again, we'll have all that in the show notes. It'll be a point and click. Charles, we're at that point where we're going to wrap things up. A heartfelt thank you for taking part of your day and spending it with us here on the Sell My Business podcast. And as always, please stay healthy and safe. Jeffrey, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. The Deep Wealth Experience was definitely a game changer for me. This course is one of the best investments you will ever make because you will get an ROI of a hundred times that. Anybody who doesn't go through it will lose millions. 
if you don't have time for this program, you'll never have time for a successful liquidity. I mean, it was the best value of any business course I've ever taken. The money was very well spent. Compared to when we first began, today I feel better prepared, but in some respects, maybe less prepared, not because of the course, but because the course brought to light so many things that I thought we were on top of that we need to fix. I 100% believe there's never a great time for a business owner to allocate extra hours into his or her week or day. So it's an investment that will yield results today. I thought I will reap the benefit of this program in three to five years down the road. But as soon as I stepped forward into the program, my mind changed immediately. There was so much value in the experience that the time I invested paid back so much for the energy that was expended. The Deep Wealth Experience compared to other programs is the top. What we learn is very practical. Sometimes you learn stuff that is great to learn, but you never use it. The stuff we learn from Deep Wealth Experience, I believe is going to benefit us of all of I've done an executive MBA. I've worked for billion dollar companies before. I've worked for smaller companies before I started my business. I've been running my business successfully now for getting close to a decade. We're on a growth trajectory. Reflecting back on the Deep Wealth, I knew less than 10% what I know now maybe close to 1% even. Hands down the best program in which I've ever participated. And we've done a lot of different things over the years. We've been in other mastermind groups, gone to many seminars, workshops, conferences, retreats, read books. This was so different. I haven't had an experience that's anything close to this in all the years that we've been at this. It's five star, A plus. I would highly recommend it to any super busy business owner out there. And Deep Wealth is an accurate name for it. This program leads to deeper wealth and, and happier wealth, not just deeper wealth. I don't think there's a dollar value that could be associated with such an experience and knowledge that could be applied today and forever. Are you leaving millions on the table? please visit www.deepwealth.com slash success to learn more. If you're not on my email list, you'll want to be. Sign up at www.deepwealth.com slash podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Sell My Business podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help me reach new listeners, grow the show, and continue to create content that you'll enjoy. As we close out this episode, a heartfelt thank you for your time. And as always, please stay healthy and safe.